0: Your radio's off. Radio. It, it's about to be lit. It's
1: going down. It's crazy. It's,
0: it's now high school holla. Holding your airwaves, hostile.
2: Holla, Chicago!
0: Steven Spoon Ramsey welcoming everyone from Chicago and all surrounding areas to the best show in Chicago for high school sports the H2S2 High School All Sports Show the legendary coach, Dorothy Gators, the Marshall Lady Commandos. Once again, they made it back to the Class 2A IHSA Girls Basketball Championship game. It happened last night, and they will be playing tonight. We'll tell you more about that. And I also want to say, just off of that, I saw something on Facebook that I love. And it was... Entering the postseason, we clear the records between CPS and the rest, and enter the state to find out who's best. And we know the Marshall Lady Commandos and Coach Dorothy Gators have already passed the test. On this week's edition of the H2S2 Show, we update you on the scores and brackets from the IHSA basketball playoffs in both girls and boys state basketball state finals, plus Student reporter Alex Burston joins us with another update on the Taft Eagles wrestling squad season they had there. In City Talk, we also have some news you can use. Regarding recruiting from a great article in the USA Today, and we have an alumnus of Percy L. Julian joining us, Jason Burns, former NFL player. He has some advice for all of you young people looking to play at the next level. You definitely want to hear this interview in our alumni edition of The Shining Star That plus much, much more on the best show in Chicago, you know where, the H2S2 show. You can follow and holler at us on the social media. We are on Facebook and Twitter. You can find us at Urban Fieldhouse. If you're on Facebook, show us some love by liking and inviting others to like the High School Holler Sports Show page. We appreciate the love from you. Check us out every week on Facebook Live for our pre- and post-game coverage of the h2s2 games of the week with interviews with coaches and our players after the game take the h2s2 show anywhere you go by subscribing to our podcast on itunes and google play downloading the h2s2 show is another great way to stay in tune to chicago's high school sports Coming up next, it's another Taft Eagle update from student reporter and H2S2 reporting crew member Alex Burstyn.
2: He's up next on the H2S2 show. Hi, I'm Alex Burstyn, your Taft Eagle student reporter. Catch me on the H2S2 sports show for all things Eagle sports.
3: Are you looking for ways to reach new audiences and increase your clientele? opportunities for all size businesses, both local and national to grow by reaching diverse audiences through our creative programming. So join us today and let's grow together. Question. When you walk into the boardrooms of the most successful companies here in Illinois, who do you meet? When you're working for a mover and shaker with strong ties to our community, who are they? When you encounter a group of people eager to roll up their sleeves, who are you most likely to work with? Answer, men and women who played high school sports. Education-based high school sports give us more than athletes we can root for. They give us leaders we can depend on. Taking the initiative, being a good teammate, sacrificing personal glory for the greater good. These are qualities we expect of our leaders. And they're all being cultivated in the high schools right here in Illinois. Question, so where will we find tomorrow's leaders? answer high school sports this message presented by the illinois high school association and the illinois athletic directors association
2: high school holla let's go 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 hi i'm alex bursing the member of the h2s2 reporting crew with your taft eagle sports update I've been doing lots of basketball coverage the past few weeks, so today we are going to step away from the hardwood and step onto the mats to pay respect to one of Taft's most dominating programs. That is the Taft Wrestling Program. I've given short updates on the team throughout the season, but now it's time to dedicate an entire segment to them. The Eagles started off the season strong all the way back in November. Despite missing a couple of key wrestlers, including heavyweight wrestler Piotr Krupa, who went on to win All-State in football, the Eagles were still able to hold their own while competing competitions at Maine South and the always tough Vernon Hills team tournament to start the season. When the football players came back after the prep bowl, everything was in great position for Taft with three key conference wins over Mather, Sen, and Sullivan to kick off conference wrestling. Those victories were key and they helped propel Taft to winning conference very early in the season. On December 5th, Taft had two duels against Loyola and Lane Tech. After a big victory over Lane Tech, Taft would clinch their conference title very early in the season. Definitely a chip off the shoulder for them but they still knew they had lots of work to do for the rest of the year. To close out the 2018 portion of the season, Taft competed in the St. Thomas More New Year's Challenge. This Danville tournament really put Taft to the test against some really good Illinois and surrounding state teams. Competing in Pool CC, Taft finished a cool 4-0 in group play with wins against Covington, Indiana, Clinton, IVC, and Westville. The second day they went 3-1 in the championship pool to play second in challenge a strong showing indeed putting taft wrestling on the map the next biggest event came a little closer to home for taft which was the city championships i went in the city championships in death a few weeks ago but i will say once again how dominant of a first place finish it was taft had seven city champions and outscored second third and fourth combined despite winning big two years in a row taft is not overthinking city in the coming years our first team goals all to win the city championship. That one remain the goal every year," said head coach Brad Angle over email. After city championships came the state series. This started with regionals at Maine South for Taft. After a hard-fought first, round, first few rounds of wrestling, Taft had five finalists. All five of them brought home first for Taft. Taft also had one third-place finish. However, Maine South, one of the most dominating wrestling programs in the state, including a few nationally ranked wrestlers, just beat out Taft for the team first. This ended Taft's team season, however 6 individuals moved on to sectionals Conant High School hosted sectionals for Taft. After day 1 Taft had 3 of their wrestlers in the semis and 3 still competing in Constellation Play. Top 4 in each weight class made state and Taft made use of that. Brendan Gallo won and advanced at 138 pounds, Julian Valterrez advanced to state at 113, and Piotr Krupa made it 3 for Taft in the heavyweight division. The 3 state qualified were the most ever in Taft's storied wrestling history. On to State IHSA Wrestling. Although Taft missed out on the podium, they still had an impressive finish to end the season. Brendan Gallo re- wrestled well, Piotr made it to the quarters, and Julian was one match away from a medal. It is always great to get kids to state. It's the measure of success for any wrestling program. We are proud to be a team that is regularly sending kids to state finals. It's great for the kids that go and have tough wrestling in the state finals. It also raises the bar for the rest of the team in the program because they see what these state qualifiers have accomplished. We expect to send kids every year. Now we have to get kids on the medal stand every year, said Coach Engel. Brandon also reflected, saying, the finals were awesome. It's an unforgettable experience that I'm glad I could say I was a part of. Unfortunately, my goal was to place in the state, which I didn't achieve, but nonetheless, it was an eye-opening experience. Two attached state qualifiers are seniors and both left a lasting legacy on the program. Piotr Krupa made state for the second straight year and is going to play college football at Northern Michigan University next year. As for Brendan Gallo, he comes from a family of Taft wrestlers and he has done great things for Taft, a four-year wrestler with the team. Brendan Gallo said, The legacy I want to leave behind is just working hard. I was a hard worker every day on and off the mat and that's why I was able to achieve some of the goals I set. You have to be the first one in the room, last one out mentality. The coach also had praise for both of his seniors. These seniors have been part of the greatest four years in Taft Wrestling, most dual wins most individual city champs, two team city champions, championships, most regional champs, seven state qualifiers. Brendan finishes with the most wins in TAFT history. Gets 50 in his senior year. Tremendous leadership from these two and the seniors. We have a lot to replace in wins in our lineup. We will miss those guys. You may have noticed I only said two state finalist seniors. That's because Julian Valteraz is just a junior. That means he will be back and ready for another strong season of wrestling with TAFT. Both Coach Angle and Julian and have high expectations. Coach Angle said, we expect everyone that goes to state to place at state. One of his goals will be to not only make it state, but to get on the medal stand. He is starting that preparation now definitely be on the lookout for Julian Valterrez this upcoming season. This season may be over, but the future is bright for Taft wrestling. Throughout my 4 years on Varsity, the team has only gone better and if they keep working hard, they'll achieve so many great things for years to come. I see regional titles and state placers up and down line for a long time. Said Gallo about Taft's future. And as for the coach, our goal is to become a team that's consistently competitive on the state level. We aren't like the majority of programs that are happy with being decent in the city. We want to be a team that when we walk into any gym in Illinois, people turn their heads and say, uh-oh, Taft is here. We are moving in that direction. That's all I have for my Taft Eagles sports update. I will be back next week to wrap up the regional part of Taft's state series basketball appearance. Make sure to check out my personal podcast and blog, The Chicago Sports Desk, available on Spreaker, YouTube, WordPress, etc. And also, follow me on all social media platforms at Bursting for more on Taft Sports. Now back to more of the H2S2, High School Holler Sports Show. High School Holler.
0: Another great job by our town student reporter and member of the H2S2 reporting crew, Alex Burstyn. Always repping hard right here on the H2S2 show. Hey, to all of my students who are sports fans, you want to be a part of the H2S2 crew? Well, here's what you got to do. Coming up, we also are going to tell you all about the updates on the IHSA basketball state finals for both the boys and the girls. That's coming up as well. But first, here's all you have to do to join me on the radio and be part of the H2S2 reporting crew. Check it out.
1: Yo, 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 what's up? Are you a sports fan? Do you want to impress your family and friends with the knowledge of the game while in the stands or roaming the sidelines? Well, the High School Hall of Sports Show is looking for you. We are seeking dedicated students from all over Chicago and the suburban high school area who are fans of sports to join the H2S2 Sports Reporting Crew. If you want to be a part of the H2S2 Reporting Crew, here's what you need to do. Send an email to H2S2 at urbanfieldhousemedia.com. Again, that's H2S2 at urbanfieldhousemedia.com. And in the subject line type I want to join the H2S2 reporting crew And in 100 words or less Tell us about your high school pride And your high school mascot And which team you would like to represent Every email will be reviewed So don't hesitate or wait Here's the chance to join the H2S2 reporting crew And to get signed up for your school Because you never know we'll be at your school next Tune in every Saturday to the High School Holla Sports Show Man get up out of here <laughs> I'm Coach Dorothy Gators, coach at John Marshall Metro High School, home of the Commandos, and we support the H2S2, the only sports talk show for high school sports. Welcome
0: back to the High School All Sports Show. Time now for our H2S2 scoreboard, brought to you by David Solomon. They design unique T-shirts and merchandise with fun thought-provoking messages. You can purchase these unique items on Amazon or through the Urban Fieldhouse media website by searching for the name David Solomon, the official sponsors of the H2S2 scoreboard. We've entered towards the end of basketball season, which brings us to IHSA State Basketball Playoffs for both girls and boys. We're going to start off with the Divas. We have one long school making a run in Class 1A. And last week, we told you about the Richard Lady Warriors falling in the super section, which brings us to the Class 2A. At the top of the show, I told you, so you already know, the Marshall Lady Commandos defeated Hillsboro 50-41 to advance to tonight's state championship game in Class 2A. Now, if you didn't already know, coach dorothy gators and the lady commandos of marshall could very well be back-to-back state titles for coach dorothy gators and the marshall lady commandos so i'm telling you if you got time it's a little after you know 12 12 30 right now you can go ahead and drive on down to red bird arena on the campus of illinois state and go let's check them out matter of fact Somebody hit me up. We can caravan down there. Get some gas money together. So we need to get on down to Bloomington, Illinois. We can make a day of it. We wish the best of luck to the legendary coach Dorothy Gators and the Marshall Lady Commandos. They already used to this, so we ain't even got to sweat that. Now, in Class 3A girls' state basketball, the Lindblom Eagles defeated the Phillip Lady Wildcats 66-61. This past Thursday night in the sectional championship, the Limbloom Eagles, Lady Eagles, I should say, will advance to take on the Nazareth Roadrunners on Monday, February the 25th at Concordia University in River Forest, Illinois. That is for the super sectional semifinals. So we want to go out. If you're not going to go to Bloomington, go to Concordia University in River Forest, Illinois. And let's go and support the Bloom Lady Eagles. Sarge is out there doing a great job with that ball club. And they are the lone representative in girls basketball in the Class 3A state playoffs. We had a final school in Class 4A girls state playoffs. That was the Whitney Young Dolphins who failed a Bennett this week. So that was our last hope in the girls. Now moving on to the boys, Class 1A state playoffs. The Collins Warriors defeated Harper 46 to 25 in the regional championship game. That's Class 1A again. And the Finger Titans, Coach Steven Cullum and the boys getting it over St. Francis Sales 86 to 56. The winners of these two regional championship games they will play on Wednesday, February the 27th for the sectional semifinal. So congratulations to Collins Warriors and Coach Stephen Cullum and the Finger Titans for advancing in the Class 1A. Now in Class 2A, we had a bunch of games and a lot of schools. I'm only going to address the CPS schools that are competing and where they're competing at. Most of the schools in the Class 2A were competing in the Marshall sectionals. That's at Marshall High School on the city's west side. Why not? Coach Dorothy Gators and them already downstate, so the gym was open. Leo defeated Ace a Mandela Charter, so they advanced. Marshall and Crane went at it. Crane Cougars just couldn't pull it out. Marshall advanced winning that one 65-56 to in Class 2A. Coach Dex and the Dunbar Mighty Men advance, defeating Phoenix Military Academy 66-37. They move on. Another good friend of the show, Coach Jamal Gill and the Diet Eagles beat Catalyst Maria 64-47 to advance. Now these winners will advance to the sectional semifinals, which will all be played on Tuesday, February the 26th. Now, some of the other schools participating in Class 2A, these are out of the Aurora Sectional. Or defeated Clark 102-67. to Corliss defeated Harlan 79-46. to So, Coach Harvey Jones and the Corliss Trojans advanced along with Coach Lou Adams and the Orr Spartans. They advanced in the IHSA Class 2A. They're moving on to the sectional semifinals. Class 3A and Class 4A will tip off the start of their state playoff run on Monday, the 25th. Now, we do have a lot of Chicago schools participating, and I'm going to tell you where some of these regional games will be taking place. Chicago North Londale will be hosting a sectional. Those games will be held at Little Village. Hayden and Clemente. So if you're in those areas, go out and support those schools who are participating in that one. There's a Gray's Lake section. The local games in that one will be at uh, St. Data in Arlington Heights, Illinois, Ridgewood High School in Norridge, Illinois, Carmel High School in Munderland, Illinois. Not Mount Carmel, but Carmel High School in Munderland, Illinois. We have some CPS schools competing in that one St. Lawrence is hosting a sectional That's in Burn Bay Right off of 79th Street So make sure you go over there King High School will be hosting games Mount Carmel High School will be hosting games And South Shore International High School They too will be hosting games In the Class 3A Regional In Class 4A Regional Now's North We'll be hosting a sectional. Evanston Township, we have some schools from Chicago competing in that one. Connick High School in Hoffman Estates and Glenbrook North in Northbrook, Illinois. We have some Chicago Public League schools uh, competing in Class 4A in those areas. Provisor West Sectional, we have games being played at Fenwick High School in Oak Park, Illinois. Morton High School in Berwyn, Cicero, Illinois, and Whitney Young will be hosting some regional games in the Proviso West sectional. And last but not least, these are all for Class 4A Eisenhower sectional. That's in Blue Island, Illinois, Brother Rice High School, and Argo High School in Summit, Illinois. They are the two high schools that will be hosting that Chicago Public League schools will be competing in the class 4a regionals once again we encourage everybody throughout the city of chicago you'll roll out to any one of these games for the boys 1a through 4a state playoffs support chicago area schools that are playing in your area whether you went there or not whether your child goes there or not it's important because these student athletes put it all on the line especially when they're cheered on and we as a city should be cheering these young people on so we still got a, a shot to bring home some state titles so go out and cheer on a chicago public school in your area and let's bring home some of these state titles coming up next is city talk with some news you can use regarding college recruiting it's next on the high school of sports show Chicago, what up? This Gerard Haynes, class of 2004. Right now, you're listening to the only show that lets you know about all the high school sports. The H2 to the S2 with Steven Spoon Ramsey.
3: Holla. Get with it, man. Right now. Tune in. Like right now. Right now. It's going down. Are you looking for ways to reach new audiences and increase your clientele? Then let Urban Fieldhouse Media help you. local, and national to grow by reaching diverse audiences through our creative programming. So join us today and let's grow together. High School Holla, here it comes. Welcome back to the
0: h 2 Show. It's time now for some real talk and city talk. Brought to you by our friends at Be Unique Fashions. Located at 1971 West 111th Street in Chicago, they provide women with trendy, unique clothing and accessories at affordable prices. You can also shop online at their website. That's the letter B, uniquefashions.com. And also check out the latest styles and fashions available on Instagram at Be Unique Fashions, the official sponsors of the H2S2 City Talk segment. Now we have another informative article from USA Today written by Kyle Winters of Next College Student Athlete, one of the largest and most successful athletic recruiting networks in the country. This article talks about the four times to take action during your recruiting process. Now, getting recruited can sometimes feel like a long and possible journey, as you've heard from a few of the shining stars we've interviewed when asking about their recruiting process. With so much for you, the student athlete and the family to think about, such as the rules and things, this article offers a few ways to make the recruiting Recruiting process more manageable They outline a few of the more common Events that occur during the recruiting Journey and here are some of the best Ways they say to respond so check This out when we first read The article it talked about Your athlete has to decide They are committed to Competing in college sports Before your family starts the recruiting Process the article says that Everyone needs to sit down we need to have A family meeting with everyone That matters in this process You don't need to ask Uncle Buck or TT Bebe or the cousins and them to come down. No, you just need just the key decision makers in this process. And the questions that they say you should discuss is do you really want to play sports in college? And are you prepared to take charge of the recruiting process? So kids, that's pretty much saying don't put it all on your mama and daddy you have to take charge of the recruiting process. As you've heard some of the parents that we've interviewed I often ask them what is their experience like and they sometimes say we left it up to her or to decide on their own. It's your first real pre-adult I'll say decision that you'll have to make. And one of those things that you have to ask yourself is you have to understand the demands of being a collegiate student athlete. So once you've had all of that what do you do next after the family meeting the next step revolves around researching the recruiting process the potential schools that might be a good fit for you so you do and you learn about the different levels of competition like Division 1, 2, and 3, NAIA, JUCO, and find out what best fits you. And then you brush up on your scholarship facts so you know what to expect and how to maximize your scholarship opportunities. After that, they said you might start receiving some general recruiting information from schools. Just understand this. College coaches will often send generic information to a large pool of athletes to gauge who's interested in their program and who is they'll send pamphlets about the school they'll send recruiting questionnaires camp invites and other pieces of information that aren't personalized to you so when you get that info what do you do with it they say you should learn the intent behind the different types of recruiting letters. They say you also should fill out those recruiting questionnaires. They suggest you send an introductory email with a link to your online recruiting profile. Now, the next event that you might encounter, you might attend camps or combines or other athletic events. Attending these events, they say, are a great way to keep your recruiting moving forward. They say combines give you enough third party verified stat which college coaches trust more than measurements you might take in the kitchen you know when you a little boy a little girl they would put a little mark in the doorway this might help you out a little better than families taking their own measurement at the house showcases also gives you further exposure if you stay tuned later on in the show we have one in our area that's taking place in Elgin also Baylor basketball they have a lot of exposures here in the Midwest all of The college coaches on every level that you can even think of attend those. So those are just a few things that we'll be telling you about as well. So they say, what do you do after that? You'll need to follow up with the coaches after you've attended an event. But how do you connect with them depends on what type of event it was. If it was a combine, you contact the coach that you're interested in, letting the coach know that you have some new stats for them to see. If it was a college camp, you should send a quick personalized email to the coach at the camp who you were interested in being recruited by. Now, other events, they said like showcases or skill development camps, you should always alert the coach that you're interested in, that you've taken steps to improve your game. One insider tip that they did give, think about this, attending these events is another way to get updated film on you. that in mind when you're invited to those things. Now, another scenario they break down is you might have been communicating with a coach consistently for a few months. This gives basically a coach an opportunity, to develop a relationship, and better understand you as a student athlete in the recruiting process. A few months of communicating, you need to take a few crucial actions, they say. You need to pick up the phone and give the coach a call. Calls often are more productive than emails. You need to invite the coach to one of your games, if you're playing baseball, softball, or track, or something like that. Or, if you're in basketball and you got a, a tournament coming up in AAU, you want to send the coach a schedule and let them come and check you Then they also say as a family. Remember we had a family meeting to start all this. As a family you should schedule an unofficial visit with the coach and send the coach a few weekends that works for your family to come out and visit the school now. Another insider tip. They say make sure you follow the NCAA recruiting rules and double check those to make sure you're not violating anything or putting your recruiting process in jeopardy. Visiting schools during the dead period as a family won't be able to talk to coach on the campus during this time. The recruiting process, as you can see, has some stipulations, or double check. Now those are just some of those events and ways that they offer to help you through the recruiting process. The recruiting process ultimately is just a series of events that require the appropriate and timely response. The more you understand how things work in recruiting, the better equipped you'll be to take the right action at the right time. You might be nearing the recruiting process this spring. Just keep this in mind the most important thing to remember are to be prompt and proactive in your approach to your process we hope that this information we discuss in city talk from articles such as this proves useful to you in your process we look to provide information that helps boost the success rates of our student athletes in the chicago area looking to enhance their lives through sport by playing at the collegiate level somewhere Now, if you're listening and you want to find out a fun way to be closer to the game, then become a member of the H2S2 reporting crew. Here's details on how you can have some fun with me on Saturdays. Take a listen.
3: A school hollock.
0: H2S2 alumni edition of the Shining Star segment. Joining us as our special guest, he's a graduate and football player from Percy L. Julian High School, home of the Jaguars. He played collegiately as a Badger at the University of Wisconsin. He went on to professional ranks and even coached a little bit of football as well. We're going to find out a little bit about that. Here to tell us all about it, we welcome Jason Burns to the H2S2 High School Hall of Sports Show. Welcome, Jason. How's Going, having uh, me, man, man. We glad to have you, one of Chicago's very own. Well, that's right. You know, <laughs> South side, stand up, as they say. So let's talk about this, Jason. Start by telling us about your experience at Percy L. Julian back in the day. I just
4: know we won a lot. <laughs> Who was the football coach back then? Was it
0: J.W. Smith still?
4: Yeah. yeah, so I um I graduated in 90, and that was his last year as a coach. And we won the prep bowl also that year. Uh, so it all kind of came together at the end. We, we kind of didn't take it full advantage because we really had a team that should have competed for state. We didn't pull it off. I mean, J.W. Smith, man, legend. Absolutely.
0: What, is, what are some of the things that you learned
4: from him? Work ethic, obviously. One of his favorite sayings was from a team perspective was, do your 111. And so, you know, you have 11 people on the field but as a unit all you can really worry about is what your part and that doing your part will help the unit be better so that that line always stood out to me and then just general, just work ethic if you want something you got to work for it back in the day a lot of players played both ways yep. how many positions did you play that was one of the one of the things that made us special is we didn't have to do that <laughs> so y'all, I, y'all had enough guys yeah we had enough guys so we special we won a few few teams early on specializing meaning you played on one side of the ball primarily we had one or two guys who went both ways, but I returned punts and kicks and played quarterback first and then running back. Was the Prep Bowl the highlight of your high school career? I guess just because it was the end of the you know my senior year, it was it wasn't a letdown because we all felt like we should have gone on and, and competed for state that year. But it was good to at least win to get that far and win the Prep Bowl for for that for that group of seniors who have been together for a long time. We often on the show talk about collegiate uh, recruiting, the process that people
0: go through, and it's changed. Since your high school days but Just explain to us How was it
4: your, your college recruiting The process that you had to go through? So yeah, mine was pretty interesting um, I initially thought I was going to University of Tennessee But they backed out Late in the process And my father Had been sending videos out To a lot of different schools uh, In Wisconsin Had me on their radar I didn't even know it So they came in Alvarez The, the head coach at the time Now the AD He got the job in January About a month before Recruiting would be over And he invited me for for a visit. Went up there. Wisconsin wasn't known for football at the time. They were, you know, bottom of the Big Ten. But ironically, most of the guys who came, my really close friends, we all came the same weekend. It was a blast. And so, from that, all of us signed, and you just saw the program eventually start to take off to be where it is now. But the whole process of recruiting was really, you know, just it's it's cool as a a player who who that's always been their goal is to play at the collegiate level. The ability to go visit all of these schools is what it comes down to. You get to go to different campuses and, and kind of see what, see what it's like to be a college student. You're still in high school so you, your eyes kind of get big because you, all you can do is see they take you to all the parties and everything so you kind of get you get jaded and get excited so it's, it's a cool process but learn quickly that once you get there recruiting is over. It's all business so a lot of times kids think that recruiting is going to continue once you get to school and that's not true You know, so coaches are going to be your best friend during the recruiting process but then it's all business when you get there. If you're not producing that same guy that was you know, singing your praises is going to ignore you and, you and you have to know how to deal with that. It's not necessarily a bad thing it's just business and so that was one of the things that I appreciate more as I've gotten older some of the things I didn't like while I was playing I realized well, it's just business so if you go in there and take care of your business it's the best time of your life. I wouldn't change it for anything What was the main fact laid into it? And I'm sure you shared some things your father and you sat now that said the University of Wisconsin is it. In the end honestly uh, I was recruited but I was widely recruited and in the end they were the the biggest school to offer me a full scholarship. My goal was to play division one football. didn't matter if it was a big 10 SEC but I wanted to premiere football so they offered me on my recruiting visit. I actually thought I was going to take a couple more visits. To show you the business side I I was in the recruiting room with Barry Alvarez and I said to him can I just think about it and he said well if you walk out of that door I can't promise you'll have it tomorrow. So it was like you gotta make a decision now or never. So I'm like all right let's go. Um, I thought I was supposed to go to UNLV the following week Hawaii the week after that So I was looking forward to these, you know Yeah, I would look forward to Hawaii Hawaii's nice Blowout trips and just kicking it on the beach But he killed that quick The next day I got home It was already in the newspaper that I had committed So those schools, you know, like, alright That's the end of that What was the transition like from high school to college for you? Um, as far as um, football? Yeah, in both, football and overall. I mean, you, you mentioned the honeymoon is over once you sign. I mean, like, we work with a lot of kids here, and one of our biggest messages is that if you don't love it, I mean, literally, like, truly love the sport that you're playing, then college sports isn't for you because it becomes a business, it becomes a job at that point. And so I was just reading an article about a guy who retired from the NFL And he was just talking about how he did it because of the the whole issue with concussions and stuff. Mm -hmm. But then he was like, I didn't realize how hard it was going to be because at any point in the day, at any month in the year, I knew what I would be doing. And now I'm just kind of trying to figure it all out. And so that's the first thing you learn in college is your whole schedule is there. If you're trying to, if all you want to do is party or if you can't handle the the structure, the demands that they're going to place on you, because it is a full full scholarship and they're paying for everything, but they're getting every dime out of you. So if you don't love the sport, then that life, I can only imagine, has to be horrible. I've seen a, saw a number of guys quit and just become students, and they, got, they were much happier. But then there were a bunch of guys who just, they were football. That's what we did, and we had no problem with the schedule. We had no problem with the time commitment. We just, we enjoyed the whole thing.
0: So for our student listeners, the most important thing is if you don't love it, then don't do it
4: because it's not cut out for everybody. It's not for everybody. It's for the I mean, You really have to love it. You got to think, especially if you go to a big university. You know, Jim Harbaugh makes like $11 million a year, some ridiculous amount. They're not giving that up for you. Assistant coaches make 500000 $600,000 a year. Not, They're not giving that up for you. If you're not doing what they need you to do, they are going to move on. Because their job is always on the line in their mind It's a business And if you don't, if you go there thinking it's something else They will find somebody to replace you And every year You think you're the man You think you're the superstar Every year they're recruiting somebody just like you The next spring there's going to be somebody else Look just like you Trying to take your spot And so if you can't deal in a very highly competitive environment If any of that is not your thing Then, then it's going to wear on you if you like the competition if you like if you don't mind that if you understand yeah they bringing in new people but so what again it was the best time of my life we asked you about your most memorable moment as a julian jaguar what about as a wisconsin Badger? the year we won the rose bowl the week before that we went to japan so that whole experience was just awesome going to japan was probably and then you know, one, when we won the game in Japan, that solidified us going to the Rose Bowls. Christmas into the Rose Bowl was over, so the, you know, second week in January, it was just surreal. We, it was it was just a, a dream, like going to Japan, playing football, coming back, going to California. You know, everybody treated you like royalty. It was just those were the high points.
0: After that, you had your experience on the professional ranks. Share with our listeners about that. You've played virtually
4: at every level. So again, it's it's the whole you know, if you don't love it thing, you lose the the complete structure because when you become a professional, you treat it as one. So whereas in college, I had strength and conditioning schedule. I had classes, I had this and that. NFL is up to you to get in shape. It's a little bit more structured now, but in general, it's up to you to get in shape. It's up to you to do the things that oftentimes in college were already scheduled for you. Pro level, where it was competitive in college, it's hyper-competitive in the NFL. I mean, it's life or death, because now, like I said earlier, the coaches were playing, not going to allow a kid, 18-year-old, to take money from their family. Now the person you're competing with is not going to allow you to take money from their family. You are tested every turn. So there's a rookie coming in. There's a certain rookie. You know, they play little games and all of that. But in general, beyond that, on the field stuff... You're getting tested all the time, and if you can't stand up, it's just, you get treated differently. I don't know how to put it, but people who can play are respected. It just just happens. If you are showing that you're a little afraid of the competition, it's like wolves. Like, (laughs) they're going to come, they're going to find you. And so just everything was hyper-competitive. I mean, I've seen the best of the best ready to fight, and... Simple drills Just to prove That they were better Than the other person And then afterwards They the best friends ain't <laughs> going out to eat afterwards But on the field It's just like I will You know I will kill you Whole nother level Whole another level Now one
0: thing I did wonder Jason Now you being from Chicago Did all the Chicago guys Kind of like Keep in touch In the NFL Hook up You know and been,
4: Afterwards Like right now I'm part of You know NFL Players Association And their meetings All the time mm-hmm. So that's anybody. Most of those guys are from Chicago or have moved to Chicago, but a lot of them are from Chicago who went on to play and then retired. So it's more now that I meet guys after after the fact that I played with. Kind of that's how you know, like Kenny. Kenny actually helped me to. I don't know if people remember how if you, you spoke. Yeah, to K- Coach Ken from from last week. So Ken, yeah, he. Um, he actually was helping me. After I got out of the league, he was trying to help me get back into the NFL. That's how I met him actually connected. But just meeting people after the league is over um, as retired players is when you start to kind of do that type of thing. So it's a true brotherhood, even off the field. Absolutely. I mean, people, it's kind of like a fraternity. So if I see somebody and I room comes out that we both played, there's an immediate connection just because you know, what went into it, you know how it was in most likely high school, you know how it was in college, you know what they went through in NFL, so just a shared connection in, in the process of what you went through.
0: Now most people might not know this, but you came home, and you came home and coached a little bit, oh. now tell us about that man, that's a whole different dynamic.
4: Yeah, so I came back, and I, you know, me and a bunch of my high school buddies are still really close, one of them got the job at John Hope High School, so he asked me to come. As a uh, Officer coordinator And I have to admit Right here on air That the first two Three years maybe I was absolutely The worst coach (laughs) Ever
0: Why did you say that Jason?
4: Ever So there's a big difference a big gulf And I think you can see it Like Michael Jordan, Larry Bird. I'm not. I'm not saying that's me, but just people who played at a high level. You have high expectations. But we like. I didn't know how to teach. That's what I'm getting at. I came back with this playbook, like the same one we use basically at Wisconsin, thinking I can just run this with high school kids, and it was a disaster. We were really successful because in the end, we only ran like five plays, even though I wanted to run 60. <laughs> but... I couldn't. I just, you know, I get frustrated and just run the same plays I knew we ran, knew we could do, which is what you should have been doing in the first place. But it was just horrible. I didn't know how to teach kids. I didn't know how to, you know, get information across in a, in a way that was was simple. And because I understood it, I felt like everybody should understand it. And so every, just when I thought I had simplified it, I wasn't even close to where I needed to be in order to make it. Uh, usable information for that age group. So by the time I eight years later, by the time I finished coaching and opened the gym, we literally had maybe six plays, but they knew how to run those six plays really well. And did that give you a newfound respect for like the coaches like that coached you, like J.W. Smith in high school? Life? Yeah, yeah, more and and even more so for uh, because you know we didn't have the resources. To hope that other some other schools have, and that's not good or bad. It just is what it is. So. More so for coaches at schools who don't have the resources, I really respect. You know, if you go to some programs that that have they have seven, eight coaches, everybody can you can delegate things to everybody. But I hope I was doing. You know, me and the other two coaches we might have had were doing everything from collecting grades to disciplinarians. You know, teachers would call us and say, such and such is getting out of hand. Can you come up and have a meeting with them? We'd be up there. I respect the coaches who do it, even when it's a hard situation like that.
0: Jason, from coaching and playing, what's the difference between the athletes back in the day when you were playing to the
4: present day? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, just by the nature of the game, too, I think, I hate to tell y'all this, but I think we were tougher in general.
0: Well, that's the truth. (laughs)
4: The, The game was played in a much different fashion, but even more than that, the kids, when I was playing, we had much more respect for elders. And we, we respected that Coach Smith knew, knew what he was talking about. We respected that all the coaches, if he brought a coach out there, we knew because we, we respected him, we figured he knew what he was doing and picking him, so we respected him. If they were older, we were going to respect them anyway. But it was just a different level of... Uh, Toughness, respect. The toughness part was like I think um, nowadays kids are a little bit more entitled in the sense things should be given to them or handed out to them. I don't think we necessarily as a group felt that way. We we felt a little bit more like we had to earn it because there's also the practical side to it. This is defending them. Back in the day, we played, we were outside. All the time. All the time. From sun up to sundown. From up to sundown. So we played outside. We did a lot of different things. Like, I had a group of kids in here, and I just wanted them to flip up on the wall with, in a handstand. And I'd already knew a lot of them wouldn't be able to do it, although they should have been, without me telling them anything, just because I remember as kids, 11, 12, 13, 14, by then, you had flipped on dirty mattresses. <laughs> you, had, you and your boys had taught yourself how to. You'd flipped off fences and jumped off cars, and you'd done a lot of those things already, so you... I jumped off a roof or two. Yeah, so you you developed a sense of athleticism beyond sport just by playing that I don't think kids get now. Like, everything is more structured, Where we just played, and so most of those kids could not do it. They They were completely lost, and so I wish kids nowadays had that experience. They're more skilled now in the sense that they have more instruction. All those years of information have built to better ways to teach everything. You know, kids now are much much stronger because of things we do in the weight rooms. And all that information is making them, on paper, better athletes. Um, Physically, physically there's a difference, right. But I think skillfully, we were better athletes. So I think the kids we grew up with, could transition from any sport and just play it before even learning how to play it. Well, the kids nowadays, they learn to play the games. I guess the easiest way for me to say it is We were all athletes learning to play sports. They all picking a sport and then becoming athletes in it. I like that, I like that. Well, yeah, that
0: makes perfect sense. I like that a lot. Recently, before this interview, we found out that the state of Illinois tried to ban tackle football for kids under 12. How
4: do you feel about that? Honestly, I don't know if 12 is the right number, I don't know if I don't know what the lower number is. I hate to say it, but I, I'm in agreement with it to a certain extent. Because like I didn't play tackle football until I got to high school. So I played flag football all the way through grammar school. And I did too. So there's on one hand, I you know, if you if you, if you was really good coaches or really teaching the fundamentals, you can develop the foundation you need as far as tackling goes. I like to see some sort of audit on how often that really is happening. You know, are we really teaching at that level the way we should be, or do we get caught up in the competition? If we're getting too caught up in the competition and not teaching, yes, that they should not be playing tackle football because somebody's gonna get hurt. In general, you're taking way more hits than you need to, and we can't act like concussions don't happen. It is what it is. I mean, if we can find a way to reduce the instances of kids having you know, having that happen, it's a benefit, I just, you can say what you want, they have not found a way to stop concussions from happening. We found ways to stop blunt trauma to the head, but the brain still shakes, there's nothing you can do. Until that's solved, I'ma probably shade toward the side of lessening the amount of contact now, the rules that the NFL coming up with and all this is ridiculous. You can't do that. If I was NFL, I would, you know, find out how much it's going to cost us, and I would just put it out. We know, everybody knows what the risks are for playing football. So, you're going to sign a waiver as you enter the league. If you get hurt or if you get anything after that, you're saying... I'm taking a risk because I want to make this amount of money or whatever your case for playing NFL is. And so I accept that risk. You've explained to me that that might happen. I accept it. Just like any waiver. You come in our gym, you don't have to waiver before you work out because it's just a way to protect yourself. You know. Um, so I think the NFL should just go ahead and stop trying to act like it ain't real. Go ahead and admit it. Find out how much that's going to cost you. <laughs> you know, maybe up the minimum salary for everybody just so that There's actually a financial benefit to it. And then if people accept it, nobody talks about CTA and boxing because there's no governing body. But I'm sure they they have the same issue, but they accept the risk and nobody says anything about it. Same thing with UFC and all other types of sports like that. And and UFC is becoming a big sport now, so that's a great point. Now, Jason, talk to us about metal fitness. So, yeah, this has kind of always been a dream... So I kind of, I started working out when I was 13. My father bought a bunch of weights, just like, you know, if you want to be good, you have to go down there and and get to work. So I used to take my brother's college workouts and, and just do them. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I just kept following them, kept following them, and... You know, before long, I was getting super strong. I was getting faster, quicker. It was I, it was benefiting me. So I've kind of been self-taught since the beginning. You get to college, you learn more. You get some real coaches or whatever. You start learning things. So I got really strong, really fast, really explosive. And I've always wanted to do it myself, try to, you know, help other kids get to that point. And then CrossFit came along, and that was the avenue for me to open the gym. And then it also allowed me to train Everybody like athletes. And the holy grail of training is whatever you'll do consistently. For me, I wanted to work with people who like athletes, even even quote unquote regular people. So CrossFit allowed allowed me to do that. You know, type A people.
0: For those listeners who not familiar, Metal Fitness located at 5000 South
4: Indiana. You're the CrossFit of Bronzeville. What is CrossFit for those who don't know it? So CrossFit is a way of training where we basically take a different, a bunch of different styles from running to lifting to gymnastics, and we, we mix and match them into trying to build a, a what we call overall fitness. So we want a person to be strong, we want a person to be able to run a mile. Like the, the idea of CrossFit person would be able to, say, run a six-minute mile, come in and without much rest, deadlift 500 pounds. Then without any much rest, go hop in the pool and swim a couple hundred meters. So, you know, just kind of pushing the idea of fitness and movement.
0: Jason, you put people through that? Well, in, oh, in certain way. Because you're scaring me. I was, going, I was going to participate
4: in that. <laughs> that's, those are, that's the elite level, but you know, until you like, Ken, I'm sticking to the cookies and cake then. <laughs> nah, I'm just playing. But, in but general, people should, you know, the goal is to get people to get stronger, move better, like have really good mobility have good you know in the end you should be very functional so everything you do here should lead to a much more functional life so if you want to go do a Spartan run if you're doing CrossFit all the time you should just be able to go do it without much extra training you may do some but um, that's the idea is that you, you become much more functional in life I understand that people are
0: coming all over Chicago, North Side, all over to come here to Metal Fitness. Now, is there
4: an age range that you have? Is it for your kids? Well, let's let's go back. So we have a couple of different programs first. Okay. So we do sports performance for kids and, and athletes. That's different than CrossFit. CrossFit is much more general in that we're trying to build a broad range of fitness attributes and. F- you know, if I'm training athletes, the younger ones, we just, it's, we kind of can use some CrossFit elements because they're just building a base. But as they get a little bit older, junior scenes in high school, it gets much more specific to strength, power, speed, and then the conditioning elements have to be specific to the sport you play. So sports performance becomes much more specific. CrossFit is much general. That's the idea of it, is to be very general, not to be the best at powerlifting but to be strong not to be the best mile runner but to be be able to That type of thing So being able to do a bunch of different things really well And the other thing, CrossFit is a little bit more fun Just because it's so varied We change it up so often Sports performance is much more regimented
0: Well you want me back over Jason I I will try that Now, (laughs) Now talk about the partnership that you have You mentioned with Kenny Rogers Coach Ken as we called him And how you guys helping student athletes Get ready and
4: prepared to go to the next level so we want to, you know, uh, again, I told you how me and Kenny met maybe, 10, to 20, maybe 10, 10, 12 years ago. He was working with some athletes on his own out at the University of Chicago. He called me. It was like, Jason, you come out here and, you know, help me out with some of these guys. And we just connected um, that way. So we, I, was, I would help him do some of those things. When you have your, your young athletes here,
0: what's the primary goal for them that they should be looking for when they come through this door?
4: So starting at the earliest ages, first is just literally discipline, learning how to listen and focus, paying attention. Just so our youngest group starts at seven, eight years old, and that's what they're getting. So they, they deal directly with Kenny mostly. He's really good at, at getting that point across. And so if you're not listening, you're not disciplined, he's like a older, he's like your father, he's gonna get on you, he can be loud. But the whole idea is starting to introduce you to what that environment is like at the next level. It's like you're expected to have a certain expectation, and if you're not living up to that, this is how it's going to be. And then if you want to be good at something, this is what you need to be doing. So you can't make excuses when you should be doing what you're supposed to do. So you say you love this sport, then this is the type of work it takes, no matter how hard it is. So we start to introduce them to the those types of concepts so you're not only getting them physically ready emotionally and mentally ready as well right yes yeah, so that's the whole idea of metal m-e-t-t-l-e is that it's a mental thing so we get into the mindset and the mental part of what it takes now jason i want to
0: close out with two things summarize for us the great experience in getting fit right here
4: at metal fitness the crossfit of bronze so again if the style of crossfit if that's what you like if the You're going to find a great community, great coaching, a great atmosphere, obviously a great facility. So we have a very unique facility in that CrossFit, their own swimming pool, basketball court, martial arts studio. Triathlon Studio. So we have a lot to offer. A lot of different people. Partner with Infinity Triathlon and they are just like it's the same concept. So they work with people who do triathlons, and so you're dealing with people with these big goals, big aspirations and that's kind of the whole idea. You know, we teach kids to swim. Henry's been training people forever. His goal is to get kids swimming. We don't get kids into the swim program and milk it. You're going to learn to swim as fast as you can (laughs) and then he's going to get you working and so it's just the idea of athletics bringing out the athlete and everybody like I personally believe everybody has an athlete inside of them and we just want to connect with it and where can they find out more information about metal fit so metalfit.com m-e-t-t-l-e-f-i-t.com everything's on there you know the sports performance information so if you're a kid who really wants to make it to the next level if you really really love what you're doing and you're looking for what it takes What type of training you need to be doing, from speed to strength to power development, you know, that's the things we do. Come check us out. Uh, If you just want to get absolutely fit, CrossFit will do that for you, and that's what we do well at. That's what we're good at. I'm currently competing in CrossFit. You know, we have a lot of experience with it. One last thing from you. I want you to leave those listeners who are student-athletes
0: a final word of wisdom and encouragement.
4: There's no limit to how good anybody can be at anything if they're willing to work at it. My favorite sports personality, sports person right now, is Steph Curry, and the reason being is that he's made it to the highest level of basketball, a sport that's highly athletic. The LeBron Jameses of the world, the most athletic people in the world, He's not the most athletic person in the world, but he's become one of the best players in in the game because of how he's worked. You know, his father played, so he had that advantage and learned how to do things right, but he still had to put the work in. All these sports are skill-based. You have physical gifts, work. You need to make yourself that guy or that girl, that special athlete that you've been given certain intangibles to work with. If you're not, so what? Get so good at what you do, it don't matter. You know, you can overcome the physical even, I.E. Steph Curry Just by being good All these games They require skill Build the skills To a point where People have to notice you And that just takes work And if you love the game You'll do it If everybody needs something That you love In the same way That I'm talking about To get really good at it And make it your life You might not be a sport It might be You want to be a lawyer it might be a radio personality Get good at it And make it your life Make it your Everybody We all have a life calling You got to figure out What yours is Man, love
0: that. Jason, man, thank you for joining us as our Shining Star alumni on the High School Hall of Sports Show. Man, give a shout-out to your
4: Percy L. Julian people out there. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I could go on for, for hours saying what's up to all my Percy Julian brothers. We still have, we have a number of PLG alum who come here and work out in various capacities, but, you know, all the football players, what's up? Yeah, we just had a big thing for our coach last year. Well, a lot of, a lot of guys came back from all the different generations, so that was a great time. So yeah, that's good, that's good. Well, Jason, thank you for joining us, brother. Absolutely, anytime. High
3: school holler.
4: Well, that's
0: this week's edition of the H2S2 High School Holler Sports Show. I want to thank our special guest, Jason Burns, from our Shining Star Alumni Edition. Some great advice he gave to our student athletes who are listening out there to make it to the next level and beyond. Also, to our staff, student reporter, and member of the H2S2 reporting crew, none other than Alex Burston. Great job from you, Thank you to our show sponsors who partner with us to bring you the best show in Chicago covering high school sports, the H2S2 show. Before we let you go, here's a few things we want you to know. For all of my baseball players out there, Coach Mario Silva and the Kennedy Crusaders baseball staff at Kennedy High School are hosting a free baseball clinic today from 1 to 3 p.m., so you better be making your way over there for players in grades 6 through 8 at Kennedy High School, located at 6325 West 56th Street. Space is limited, so you want to hurry up and get in there if you're not already registered. Now, for all of my hoopers, the Lady Creed girls' basketball team will be holding tryouts on Saturday, March the 2nd, at Or Academy High School located at 730 North Pulaski Road. Tryouts are for 5th and 8th graders at 9 a.m. to 1030 a.m. And for 9th through 12th graders from 11 a.m. to 1230 p.m. For more information, you can contact Coach Robinson by email at ladycreed220 at gmail.com. If you're on the south side of Hooper, you want to go out and play girls basketball, Lady Rain basketball on Saturday, March the 9th at the south Side YMCA located at 6330 South Stoney Island on the east side of Chicago from 2.30 p.m. to 5 p.m. And if you live near the south suburbs, they are having a tryouts on Sunday, March the 10th. At Dalton Park District, located at 721 Ingle Street in Dalton, Illinois, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Tryouts are for grades 7 through 11. For more info, you can email ladyraign.com. Those tryouts were from my ladies. Here's one for you, fellas. The Chicago Storm Basketball is holding an open gym tryouts for all ages. The 2019 Spring and Summer Sessions tryouts are for grades 5th through 12th. And 8th graders are later today, 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. And high schoolers are from 3.30 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. They're also hosting tryouts on Saturday, March the 2nd from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. You can find out more information and get registration forms online at chicagostormbasketball.org. There's a $10 registration fee for those tryouts. We also want to remind you that Baylor Youth Basketball will be hosting several events throughout the spring and summer. These events are NCAA certified and include all grades. So if you're looking to catch the eye of a college recruiter, then you need to check out some of these events at Baylor Youth Basketball. You can go to their website baylorbasketball.org for a list of all their upcoming events. For my football players out there who play in the trenches, starts up front, organization is offering one-hour training sessions for any offense or defense alignment training is held at Diet High School. 555 East 51st Street Youth training is from 12 noon to 1pm High schoolers are trained From 1 to 2pm The training goes until May 25th 2019 For more information you can visit their website StartsUpFront.com Young people this week's quote Is from the great Muhammad Ali Who once said If my mind can conceive it And my heart can believe it then I can achieve it. He was the GOAT for real. One of the greatest. Check us out on our social media. We're on Facebook and Twitter at Urban Fieldhouse. Also, like our Facebook page, the High School Hall of Sports Show. We appreciate the love from you and inviting others to like it too. I want to remind all of you that you can always listen to a broadcast of today's show along with many of our past shows and segments by visiting the Urban Fieldhouse Media website. At urbanfieldhousemedia.com. For my iPhone and Android users, you can take the H2S2 show wherever you go by subscribing and downloading our podcast on iTunes and Google Play. And if you are on SoundCloud, you can follow us there too. Just remember to type in the name Urban Fieldhouse Media. Holler at us each and every Saturday at 12 noon. And remember, God loves you and we do too. Until next time, I'm Steven Spoon
4: Ramsey saying
0: I'll at you next week. High School Holler.